Cloud and Clear, the podcast by SADA for innovative business leaders and technology enthusiasts, where we explore how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Tony Safoyan. So I'm very happy today to invite Travis Haler, Culture and Change Lead at Google Cloud. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tony. Welcome to our headquarters. Thanks for coming out. Beautiful office. Happy to be here. Thank you. We were talking about um, kind of your 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 role at Google and how it all, how it evolved, but I think there's always uh, uh, it's always best to create context around it. Like, what was your journey in your career, and and what did you study, and how did you come into that um, uh, to to that organization when you did about two years ago? I'd love to cover just sort of your career trajectory a little bit. Sure, um, I have a bit of an interesting path, so it's always a, it's always a bit of a ride. So I guess buckle up. So I started out going to school for psychology. Um, I love psychology. I love how the human mind works, um, and I always have. And so when I was studying psychology, I had the opportunity to actually go and study neuroscience and neuropsychology in Denmark. But when I came back to the U.S., I was kind of thinking through like, what job do I want one day? Mm-hmm. Psychology isn't the first thing that pops into your mind when you're thinking, you know, dollar signs and great opportunities, just, you know, knocking on your door. So you didn't want to be a psychologist. Right. Or a psychiatrist. Yeah. I did want to be a psychiatrist, but when someone told me I had to go to medical school, that was a deal breaker. So um, for me, after that, I went and did a business degree and I did my MBA from there. And that's kind of what opened the doors to, you know, consulting and the world that is the world we live in right now with PSO. Right. Um, and so I've worked with uh, small boutique firms. I've also worked for a large GSI. Um, and I worked for Deloitte for about three and a half, four years. Um, and then I went to Allstate Insurance and helped them stand up an actual change in culture vertical, wow. um, which was really interesting with them. Um, and then Google kind of came knocking and asked if I'd be interested in helping to lead the team here in the Americas region. Um, they had had a pretty well-represented team in EMEA mm-hmm. um, and APAC. And so they were wanting to build out the team here in Amer. And so happy to join about two years ago and really bring kind of all the things that I've done within, you know, working on large teams and actually, you know, the psychology of how we change and all my experience with change work with Deloitte and others and kind of bring that all together into one role. Look, the evolution of the PSO, professional services organization within Google has been so amazing to watch over the last couple of years. You work in Patrick Shablitsky's organization, someone we know for a long time has been there a while. And of course, Jason Martin mm-hmm. and then John Jester, sort of all of customer success. But it's having sort of a bigger market impact and a bigger customer impact than ever before. But can you describe sort of broad strokes uh, what PSO is really all about? So um, PSO kind of predates my time at Google a bit, so I'm not entirely sure how it all came about. Mm-hmm. but. The, the essence of what we're doing is really trying to help our customers and our partners along that journey together, right? Because our partners are really the strategic, you know, on the ground, boots on the ground, let's get the work done for our customers. Yeah. We're really there to offer, you know, our best people and our best ideas um, to those projects. Mm-hmm. So we have great people who know so much, way more than I know, and they're able to help out with the tech. They're able to help out with, you know, strategy with you know just thinking through transformation and and culture which is kind of my role and that's really i think what we're here to be is a catalyst to improve the project and really speed it up and make sure that we're able to overcome roadblocks what we've seen is just the benefit of um the knowledge capital that is 
gathered over time in Google's experience working on the largest, most complex projects, the best practices that get generated out of that. And to the extent that we're partnering on certain implementations, how we benefit from that experience has been tremendous. And I think even more impactful has been the impact in, in the enterprise customers, uh, the largest sort of named accounts in the world, the Fortune 100, uh, and, and uh, enterprises downstream of the comfort to know that when they're choosing to go on this journey on, uh, with Google Cloud, that um, Google's own professional services team members will be part of the team. Yeah. Right. That's going to help them on that journey. So it's not just partners by themselves, but it's Google, you know, in the in the rear, in the front, in the back, just sort of supporting yeah. to make sure projects go really, really well. Yeah, totally plugged in. And I think you made a great point about, you know, we have a lot of different partners and SADA being one of our premier partners. And there's lots of lessons learned, right? And mm -hmm. lots of different projects. And I think Google kind of brings all of those projects together in one common knowledge um, and, and works really hard at thought leadership as well around that. So when you're partnering with Google and when you're coming to Google wanting to solve complex problems, you're getting all of that experience and all of those you know, lessons learned from our partners and, and our own experiences and thought leadership. Mm -hmm. So you, you came into this role, I think even prior to, or just prior to Thomas Carrion and Rob Enslin joining. Yep. Uh, in sort of the Diane Green era, which was, I think, a massive leap forward for, for the ecosystem. Uh, what made you want to come to Google Cloud at that time? Yeah, great question. Um, I had been working with Allstate Insurance for a while, helping them with um, setting up, you know, change practices and mm. working in kind of managerial consulting, actually, mm. helping their business units solve complex problems. Google, the opportunity at Google was really to bring a lot of what I'd done prior into my role. So mm -hmm. I'd had a lot of different roles. I had a lot of great things that I loved about them. This role just kind of seemed to bring that all together. Yeah. And the opportunity at Google at the time, I mean, I remember when we were talking about, you know, the Chicago office being 500 people right. when I was interviewing. And right. now we have two offices. In the time that I've been there, yeah. we built a new office. Yeah. And so I think the, I just saw the kind of growth there and the opportunity to really make an impact somewhere. A dedicated cloud building in Chicago, now, yes. which is awesome. It's amazing. I love traveling around the country and seeing like the Google Cloud logo <laughs> on the building. <laughs> it's it's happening all over the place. Yeah. Like I, I travel quite a bit too. Yeah. And you know, every time I go to Sunnyvale, I'm like, was that always our building or is that a new yeah. one? Um, it's, it's hard to tell. <laughs> Seattle is great. New York's getting their own. Chicago yeah. has it. And it's, you know, it's uh, actually, it's a great, it makes a great impression to customers. It does. When you're walking in with them to have meetings and it says yeah. Google Cloud, it's not, you know, we're just not, you know, not a side project. We're like a big thing. Yeah. Our customers and our partners love to come visit the offices. I think that is a big, um, a big selling point. You know, our offices are very welcoming. It's yeah. a great place to come and actually, you know, get some work done. It's out of their own office. So sometimes we'll do, you know, really brainstorming sessions in right. our offices right. because we're getting their leadership out of their normal, you know, space, which can be a little, I guess, kind of difficult. It's to like get. an offsite. Yeah. At a Google office. Exactly. You can yeah. actually concentrate and focus. Yeah. And also it's just such a creative and inspiring space. Oh, in almost every office I've been is like, it's just, you know, get the creative juices flowing yeah. and get great ideas. And, uh, the cloud space itself in Sunnyvale is like next next yeah. level. Next Very level. cool space. I would venture to say, so we started the path of like the Microsoft divestiture around two years ago. It's certainly before TK and Rob were announced. 
I'd have to say that the trajectory and the wins and the success and the growth has probably exceeded even my own kind of wild expectations. Definitely. I think our leadership came in and set up some really aggressive goals. And I think the teams have certainly delivered on that. Um, we're seeing some really strategic customers. We're seeing some great relationships with partners like Sada. Um, and, and I think we're all kind of growing together in yeah. all of that. Yeah, like we have this immense um, pressure, or I feel this immense pressure to keep up, <laughs> which is a great problem to have. Uh, and, and then on the other side, you know, in, in sort of the, the public discourse, you, you, you see announcements like the Sabre 10-year deal, you know, Activision. And what's exciting is that those deals are not just about the technology. Right. They're about completely transforming the way that travel is booked, like that whole experience for users, right? Yeah. And the tie into search and how that's going to work. And for Activision, it's about gameplay and mm -hmm. YouTube. It's not just about, well, run it in our data center, not Absolutely. in your data center, but in ours. Like the value proposition um, has grown immensely. Yeah. And the way that Google sells has evolved immensely, which I think leads us back to your role because, you know, PSO for a long time was just like, you'd get project managers, maybe some technical account managers, you would get engineers. But now you're talking about a whole practice. You're standing up in Americas uh, around culture and people and change. Yeah. How does that impact the uh, success of a project? And what's like, how do you actually engage? Yeah, great question. It's, you know, we kind of find, and, and from my experience in change, um, we find that a lot of projects technically are sound, right? Like mm -hmm. you can you can put the technology in. Right. It's not usually a problem. Right. I mean, obviously there are roadblocks to that too, but um, at Google, we're able to do the same thing, right? We can install everything that we want. We can migrate data anywhere that we want. Yeah. It's not really a problem. It's mm -hmm. just how do we go about doing it? Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing that we're finding as we're continuing to kind of learn about how organizations transform, and, and to be clear, change management and culture work didn't exist when I came out of college. This, no, for this sure. evolved in the last 10 years. Yes. And so we're still learning a ton about it. But I would say even ten or eight years ago, seven years ago, when I was working in change and kind of one of the first people to really be working in change, we had to beg people to come and do change work. That's right. And now we have people like busting down our door yeah. or demanding that we have change as part of our work stream. Yes. And it, the reason is, is that most of our technology projects fail because the people didn't adopt it That's and right. we're not preparing them properly. They don't fail because the technology doesn't work. Right. At all. Yes. That's seldom the reason that they fail, especially Absolutely. now. Like technologies, to your point, is it's sound. Mm -hmm. Of course, Google technology particularly, you're going to get the performance you expect. Right. Um, you know, you're going to get the, the scale you expect. You're going to get the uptime you expect. Um, th those things are sort of like they're still very difficult and challenging and the architecture has to be right. I don't want to sort of uh, minimize how important that, that Absolutely. is. But you're right. If something fails, mm -hmm. the top one or two reasons are it's like bad project governance slash project management to change. Right. Right. Yeah. And all, you know, in this kind of era that we're living in now, again, 10 years ago, things weren't moving as fast as they are now. That's right. And they continue to get progressively faster every single year, right? So 
we have people that are constantly changing and having to change the way that they work. Mm -hmm. And we have companies that are changing their infrastructure, their org charts. They're changing the way that they work. They're moving to the cloud, which essentially changes all of their job roles to be that's, something that's almost right. completely different. Yeah. And so it's it's just a change that's always going to be there. Mm -hmm. And so change management for me and, and kind of what I like to talk to our customers about is it's really an investment in your people. Mm -hmm. And um, we get a lot of pushback at times from customers about timelines because change is not a quick process, right? right. Um, so I get to be that bad guy in the office that's mm -hmm. like, hey, it might take a little longer than the six months you want it to be because mm -hmm. we need to have all these things in place, right? Yeah. And we need to make sure that we have training and communications. And we need to make sure we have executive alignment and support. We need to make sure that we're actually doing all of these things and helping to answer questions. And um, oftentimes the pushback is, well, we don't want it to be, you know, a three-year project. But the alternative is, you know, hey, if, if you put in the greatest technology in the world and no one uses it, is it still the greatest technology in the world? Mm -hmm. Did it really move the needle? Totally. And a lot of our customers are not just looking for technology. They're looking for change in their culture, too. I totally credit cloud in itself in elevating the importance of this work and practice that you run, but similarly in the capabilities we've had to develop uh, in, the, in the last decade. And it really started with just G Suite back in like 2007, like systems integrators or VARs or whatever you want to call them, call us back then. Uh, we didn't even do training. Just, it was, just wasn't done. Yeah. It was like when you bought services from SADA, you got maybe a project manager, engineers, and it was all about the bits and bytes. Yeah. But actually it was Google who, uh, I think, was it Caroline? Yeah. Who would have been one of the originals yeah, on the team. Shout out to Caroline. Um, she really enabled our first set of people to learn what it is to train, uh, to train end users, to do the messaging and comms appropriately, to run through that, you know, uh, change management process, which at the time was leaps and bounds more than what we had before, but still relatively rudimentary compared to where we are today. But it was all because G Suite was a subscription of something you bought that if you didn't successfully get people to use, they would not renew that right. next year or that next month. Right. Software wasn't acquired like this in the past. People bought three years of software and hardware at a time, whether or not if it was ever implemented or implemented successfully, sometimes it didn't even matter because they just had to upgrade and they upgraded, right. right? When the time came up, when their contract was up. And all of a sudden we're like, we have to earn like, you know, our, our, our value every month or every yeah. year. And um, I remember in education specifically when Google was not even charging for the software, the only measure of success was adoption. Right. And G Suite really changed the game in terms of, you know, how people thought about the way that we work. Right. And and G Suite in general, as we put it into our customers and we have more customers asking us for it all the time. It's actually not just about having a different tool. Like the tool is great and it does all of the things you could ever want it to do. Um, and I, I personally think it's better than the competition. Yeah. But at the end of the day, a lot of our customers don't come to G Suite just because it has amazing features and it's going to do different things than what their current software is doing. They come because they want to actually transform their culture. Yes. And G Suite forces you to do that. It does. With the way that you actually interact with one another and the way that you can 
share ideas and have that collaborative experience without ever even being in the same room. We laugh at Google oftentimes when we get together in person, especially at like Accelerate, which was just this last month. Um, and we see each other and it takes a minute because you always have to ask yourself, have I actually met this person right. or do I just see them all the time and interact so with I them? So I feel like I've met them. Yeah. yeah. So there's many times when you start talking to someone that you know for a really long time, you're like, have we never met in person? <laughs> yeah. And that's the beauty, I think, of G Suite is it brings people together in that way and it changes the feeling of disparate office locations that's being right. something of the past. Doesn't like, matter before G Suite came along. There was not really another dominant, hyper popular productivity you know tool. The the incumbent was sold on the premise of nothing changes. Right. You don't have to train at all. Like that's why we never learned how to build a training practice around you know the old paradigm. But this was the first time, especially as it started to enter the commercial space, yes. you're changing the number one most frequently used application for 100% of your employees. There's no system that impacts 100% of the employees for the number one most frequently used application like a G Suite of And all at the same time. Yeah, so, so it became a necessity to get really good at this. Otherwise, especially because generally, and you know, we studied psychology, as you know, like there's this initial resistance to change. So if you don't make uh, the change be something that's sort of visibly positive, or philosophically positive or culturally positive it's not going to be an easy road and i think you bring up a really good point that i'd expand on a little bit because as we continue to learn more about the way people work and primarily neuroscience and neuropsychology are at the cutting edge of that and as we're continuing to build our practice and build assets our assets are bringing in more and more of that neuroscience because you know you mentioned people naturally resist change and they do and it's it's hardwired into your brain mm -hmm. you know it's it's all the things and how your brain works are totally against anything change right. right so as we continue to learn more we're bringing more of that into our methodologies and into our assets because we're changing that conversation mm -hmm. and i think from a senior executive level um i've had many conversations where it goes down this kind of road of well they're just not gonna do that, or they're not gonna wanna do that, or right. they'll resist that. And changing that conversation to be more around, of course they're gonna resist. Everyone will resist naturally. It's, it, there's no question about it. So you it. don't have a defensive posture around right. it. You're actually leading with, yes, Absolutely, you're right. yeah, 100%, but... they will. And I talk about that a lot in uh, discussions at like larger forums. And a lot of times the light bulb kind of comes on, they're like, oh, so we're not really worried about the fact that they'll resist. No, 100% not. We're planning on it. We're planning that they will. Yeah. And what we're doing is we're helping to create ways and avenues that they can overcome their own resistance and go through their own change curve yeah. to adoption. Um, and that's really what you know my team focuses on. Look, the good news is, A, now it's a well-understood practice. In the early days, it was hard to get people even to pay for it because they're like, what do you mean? Like, they didn't want to pay for a project manager, let alone, you know, adoption, change management, and training, and comms, because uh, they assumed it was just like, it's going to be like every other project where we just don't do it. Eventually, obviously, it's it's well understood today. The reason that you know we have bet our business on on the Google set of technologies and Google Cloud is that they insist that there's a cultural change. It's not even optional. You can deploy other cloud solutions and other productivity suites and actually have people work exactly the same way they were working before. With Google, it's virtually impossible, but there's the opportunity. Right. And for the traditional enterprise, and I know you've worked on some of the biggest, you know, precarious projects, that's often becomes the reason they're doing it. 
because if they feel like they're facing an existential crisis with regards to like their market position, they've been around for a hundred years, but their cheese is moving around, you got upstarts that are competing with them, how are they going to uh, operate and not only survive but thrive in the new market dynamics if, if they don't have a distinct moment where they've decided to culturally shift? It won't happen. Um, and, and we have a lot of customers coming to us who are being disrupted, right? I feel like the industry anymore, like everything's disrupted. Like there's, no, there's no industry left that hasn't Nothing been disrupted. Is safe. Nothing so is safe. <laughs> when, when they're coming to us, they're like, well, we've, we've had another disruption, right? Here's the newest thing mm. that people are doing. And we need to be more agile than we are today. And a lot of that is driving their move to the cloud, mm -hmm. is agility, right? Their ability to react fast, their ability to spin up a VM and test something out or do whatever they need to do very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't require them to buy more product or you know, yeah. actual Way things to put in a room. Yeah. So they want to be more agile. They want to be able to compete with the startups that are actually disrupting the industry. Mm -hmm. And they want to be able to meet their customers where they are. Mm -hmm. And you know, as we have more disruption in the industry, customers and consumers want that type of experience. For sure. So our larger companies that have been around for a really long time need to adopt those same types of working, whether that's user experience or, you know, just the way that things work in mm -hmm. general. Mm -hmm. um, and with all of that, I mean, we have this incredible opportunity to change our cultures. And so a lot of our customers are taking advantage of that yeah. and saying, hey, I have a workforce that is aging. And that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a fact. Like, mm -hmm. there's no doubt about it. The majority of our workforce is aging. And we have new people coming in who are a completely different generation, right? They've never used anything else but G Suite. Right. They have no idea. Like, or, or or like so digital native that like the, the concept of on-premise hardware is completely foreign. Yes. Yeah. And having to work into a you know matrix organization yeah. where you aren't able to talk and collaborate with yeah. other people, they just don't even know it. Yeah. So a lot of our companies are on that kind of precipice where they're like, hey, we not only have disruption that we need to make changes on, we also have culture that we need to work on because we've got like three different cultures in our company mm -hmm. because of just generational differences. Mm -hmm. um, and our products help with that. And they I do. think they're, they're really a big catalyst for that change. I've actually become hyper-optimist with regards to people's ability to transform and change. I think before we were facing such an uphill battle with uh, like this fatalistic attitude internally, not only that change is hard, there'll be resistance, but like we used to get like, you will never get Susie to use this. You know, like we used to get that all the time. Or people that were deploying, you know, uh, certain things in GCP and like the traditional server huggers like, but this is my job. Like you're taking my job away. And so um, I think We've done this long enough, and there's been enough stories in the press. There's been a lot of peers in, in, in sort of the decision-maker sphere of our enterprise customers who've done it that are now experiencing the positive upside. I've become a hyper-optimist. Look, when you can deploy 100-year-old organizations or public sector entities successfully and have them come out on the other side happy and excited, I, I now believe any organization can experience the benefits of it if, you know, Yes, they're, they're unique and we need to customize some things, but if generally if they take your or our prescriptive approach, they will come out happier on the other side. Rule number one, you actually have to follow the methodology. <laughs> so we have we always have issues with that as well, right? Like yes. we have different things that are roadblocks that we're not able to fully follow a methodology or whatever, but following that methodology is key. 
And I'm with you. I, I'm a hyper optimist in, in terms of anyone can adopt any change that's put in front of them. And, and not to get neurological on you, but we all have neuroplasticity. So that means that we can create new connections at any time. Our brain can completely change as we need it to. No one is actually unable to change. Mm -hmm. And to your point, I think previously we heard a lot more about, oh, well, you'll, I mean, I've even heard, well, you'll pry this out of my cold, dead hands, you yes. know, things like that. Yeah. And I don't think we hear that anymore. Yeah. I think the, the change and the, the rapid rate of change has actually helped us for the better because a lot of our companies that maybe don't have strong digital native presence yet as they're you know a more established older company um they had issues like that mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. now they're coming to us and they're seeing all of this change and their people are seeing all this change and they're finding out that hey actually if i adopt this change and i'm positive about it and i'm open to the opportunity rather than seeing it as kind of this like doomsday yes. prophecy yes. um it's only going to help me in my career. Totally. Because yeah. they're seeing all those people who did it the last time they changed. Yeah. And guess what? And they're the, cooler jobs. Yeah. <laughs> they're the people that moved up. They're the people that were put in charge of things. And those yes. are the people that you want to put on that pedestal yeah. and say, this is this is who we want in our company. I think it's overall just a, hopefully uh, maybe a little renaissance around the growth mindset. Like we have a growth mindset. Let's all have a growth mindset. We're not going to continue to uh, keep up and, and, and perform in the current environment, unless we believe that we can change and think differently. There's that, which I think is, is good. The other thing is past performance. Reference customers, that helps. When a CIO that decides to, to, to deploy any, any of the key solutions from, from Google Cloud, whether it's G Suite or GCP, when they have some you know, successful uh, project or two or accomplish something really big, then they move up like into the board or that they get you know, hired by a much larger organization. There's enough of those stories that people are like, huh, there's something to be there. And by the way, resistance is futile. If you have, if you want any chance of attracting top talent moving forward, both coming out of school or not, then you should be on these platforms. Being on it for two years for business, you know, after I came to Google and I went through that change curve, I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, like, you know, I had taken all of the certifications for like Excel and I was, you know, a wizard at Excel yeah. and I was very nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, sheet seems daunting. I have to relearn this. But once you get into it and you, you kind of use it day in and day out, mm -hmm. my days are so much more productive. My yeah. email is so much more productive. Yeah. Um, and I, I could not imagine going back. I think yeah. it would definitely be a hard sell if anyone else offered me a job and they weren't on G Suite. See, that's the, I mean, you're like a use case right there. You're a case in point. I, I feel the same way. We, we, uh, decided to hire PwC for some of our consulting work precisely because they themselves are on G Suite. How about that vendor selection? Yeah. Like if they're on G Suite, I know I can work you know, better with you. Let's talk about some customer stories because I know you and I were briefly chatting about healthcare. Again, healthcare, highly regulated, uh, historically super anti-cloud, maybe up until three, four years ago, um, and, and, and dire need of reinvention, of transformation. That actually, uh, comprises a lot of our customer base as well. That's actually very, it's top vertical for us. I know you've done a lot of work there too, but tell us some interesting customer stories. Yeah, so I, I mean, we just deployed G Suite to one of our largest deployments ever, ever. Um, in 90 days. So they actually did a big bang, like we did the three deployment methodology. In 90 days. In, in 90 days from first deployment 
to full deployment. So they went from, I think they deployed 155,000 people over a weekend, which is an incredible amount. Um, we obviously have customers who are larger than like them. Core IT, early adopters and everybody? Yep. I'm glad that I'm still, I still know the methodology and the, and the verbiage, man. I still know it. You got it. <laughs> See? Muscle memory, right? Exactly. This was this was a very challenging project. We'd never done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the previous customer that we had done was about 65,000 in over a weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that was a big milestone for us as well. So we're talking about, again, we're talking about like this change. No other IT project is like this. Like, I'm going to come in on Monday and the tool that I rely on the most is different than it was on Friday. That's immense. Like, it's crazy. It's insane. To, like, it's almost <laughs> like saying goodbye on Friday and like starting a whole new job on Monday. Yeah. Um, and you've got to learn a lot. And so with this particular customer, I mean, we had a, it was a healthcare customer. So we had huge barriers and obstacles because one, like you said, highly regulated. Mm-hmm. So we have to make sure that everything is compliant and, and you know, we're, we're doing everything the right way that their process is compliant mm-hmm. because our products are compliant. Of but course. some people are using different processes. We've got to investigate, you know, what third-party applications need to plug in and how we make that work. That was a ton of work. Um, And not only that, but they're also dispersed all over because Mm -hmm. being healthcare, they have, you know, some main offices, Mm -hmm. but most often they have like a region. Mm -hmm. And then most of the staff is actually in hospitals, clinics, or mobile. And they're busy. Yeah. Like they they have a very intense job. Yes. And they still need to be part of the migration. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah trying to get a uh, you know neurosurgeon's time yeah. to teach them about their new email is probably not going to happen. Or a nurse <laughs> practitioner or anybody. Like, they are, you know, 12-hour shifts three times, you know, three, four days a week. Like Well, they're in a three-shift rotation, right? Yeah. Because healthcare never stops. Yeah. So if you're in a hospital, there's rotations 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So it's a very different, a different model than what, you know, we had done a ton of times right Right. like we've done a lot a lot of implementation we've done a few like this and none at this scale Mm -hmm. and so where change and culture and transformation work actually really came in was looking at a lot of their use cases and thinking through how do they do it today versus how they'll do it tomorrow and um i guess our, our partner and and our customer really focused a lot on that and actually put a lot of time and effort into we're actually going to do a lot of interviews. Mm. I think they did, I want to say 300 plus interviews wow. with stakeholders. Across different and, groups. Across different groups, across different geographies, across every different roles, mm. um, just to learn about what is the experience for you today and what are the things that you're working on and the process that you use today that we need to make sure you can still do tomorrow. So a great example is that there was a, I want to say they call it a like tumor review board. And basically that was a huge use case for like ML and AI because they basically share photos from the, um, from the scans, like CT scans or whatever it might be. And they have other people review it like a second opinion to say, Hey, I think we found something something here. Something very critical. Something very critical. That's going to impact someone's life in a major way. And we have other companies, other healthcare companies who have used ML and AI to actually be able to predict this even better than two you know very very educated mm-hmm. highly respected doctors mm-hmm. and can do it at a better rate mm-hmm. and so this is a great use case for changing and transforming the way that we're working today mm-hmm. and with better result right and so we spent a lot of time doing that i think that was a critical reason for the success of this migration to g suite because we actually kind of met 
the audience where it was. We want to make sure that you're prepared. And so we ran a lot of, we're running a lot of transformation labs as well. Mm -hmm. So we identified those kind of sticking points um, for certain groups. Because that's, that's, I think that's really important, just that whole approach of doing the interviews and focusing the interviews on like, what are you trying to accomplish? And how can we do it different and better right. in the new platform? Not like, how can we recreate this thing? Yes. Like in, uh, you know, we have a customer who runs most of their business on Microsoft Access. It's like, look, we're not going to replicate Microsoft Access. We're going to do it better. So I think that orientation and people being receptive and open to that conversation has a lot to do, I think, with the approach with their psychology. It's like, how do you uh, lower their defense mechanism? How do you uh, create a more open sort of uh, orientation? Uh, it's very personal, it right? It's I mean, like personal. you're taking something that people are very attached to and um, also feel very confident. So they're, they're feeling that loss of status, basically. Mm -hmm. Like they're like, hey, I'm an, I'm an expert at my job. Right. You're basically taking away my expertise at this point. And so helping them to cope with that, because that's a coping mechanism, totally right? Is. Like fear and resistance is a coping mechanism mm -hmm. when you feel lost. Mm -hmm. So going in there and meeting them where they are and understanding and acknowledging that loss, I think is really critical. And it's more of that human side of things totally. um, and way different than we've ever done it. Soft place. skills were never part of IT. No. What is this? I know, what I know. soft skill, we're human, bringing them. They're human here. level interaction? <laughs> I, I love it. No, I think it's precisely what we see sort of day in and day out. And I think uh, part of the reason our you know, G Suite implementations have been so successful is because we did learn very early on, it's almost a decade, that how important this is as part of a project. But I think the, the biggest accounts, the biggest enterprises, still come with their own set of challenges because there's more variables. There's people that are prone, there's people that are like are hoping secretly your, your project will fail. You know, there's people that are very nervous, people that are like close to retirement, people that just started. And getting everybody to row in the same direction is I think part of um, just part of that process and part of the magic actually. And that's that's why executive sponsorship is so key for a project like this. Yes. Honestly. It has I to mean, come top down a lot of times. Yes. And you have to have them actually there and visible and sharing the message. Mm -hmm. I think that's commonly a misconception about um, executive sponsorship mm -hmm. is that they're like, yeah, 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 I'll put my name on it. No, and, no, no. and and that's, you gotta that's show not up. executive sponsorship. You right? gotta be there. Yeah. You gotta show up. You mm -hmm. gotta be first on the platform. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that the right champions you have do. to model that behavior. Yeah. And 100%. I think that's a key part of the methodology that I know our partners are really pushing, but we mm -hmm. as Google are doing a lot of thought leadership around how do we engage sponsors? What does the right engagement look like for sponsors? I mean, our executives are super busy. I mean, it's just a fact of the matter, right? We're, we're not going to, you can't just go up to them and say, hey, I need five hours of your time on Friday for yeah. us to whiteboard something. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So you have to make sure that you're actually in, engaging the people that can influence them as well. It's actually part of our almost qualification process in the pursuit and the pre-sales motion is, are there executive sponsors at the right level who are totally bought in? We're not just saying them brought in, but they're totally bought in and want to kind of uh, actually bet their careers on this in, in a meaningful way. And again, we're betting a thousand. I think anybody who's bet on bet their career has has seen great outcomes from from that. And um, uh, without that, though, we won't we won't even really engage in helping a customer do a real evaluation if we don't feel like the executive sponsorship is in place because of, we know what we're going to run into. And that, I mean, so that's kind of G Suite. We've talked a lot about G Suite. I think GCP and our cloud platform is 
It's another space where change and culture and transformation is really going to play. But in a different way. In a different way. Do you want to talk about how yeah. it's different? So we're, we're exploring it a little bit right now. Our, our team, which I, I have to give a great shout out to our team. We've got our team in the mayor, in EMEA, in APAC, all working together to solve this problem nice. because we're, we see the value in it. Obviously we do because we're change, mm -hmm. you know, people. Um, but kind of creating a methodology that can be repeatable, can be um, standardized and ensure that we're doing the right best practices mm -hmm. is a difficult process. And so, so the team has really, really worked hard on this. And we actually have a couple customers that we're working with right now that we're utilizing some of the things that we have put together where we basically got in a room and we said, okay, what are the key facets of change? Mm -hmm. And what do we need to be thinking about? And we kind of whiteboarded and put together this idea of what, what do you need to be thinking about in terms of change for your GCP or cloud platform um, That's amazing. move. And our EMEA team and our EMEA team with some input released a couple of white papers on it as well. And so we kind of took that and we're harnessing all of that knowledge and putting it into one of our projects right now. And um, I'll give you an example just from an infrastructure project. Um, as we're going through it, again, technology, super sound. Mm -hmm. They're like, you know, they're so good at it. And right. I, I was I was like in awe watching yeah. it because I'm still trying to really wrap my head around what are all the different pieces of GCP and how can we, how can each of them help our customers? Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot, right? I think there's like 70 plus applications within the overarching platform. That's right, so many. And so- more, I think more than that. I'm yeah. sure it's tons, tons more. Yeah. Uh, probably 70 that we can fit on the slide <laughs> that you can actually see you know they're kind of running through this and they've got this down um and so i i always kind of felt a little bit like i was stopping the train a little bit and asking yeah. questions um but what we kind of found was that part of the journey that was missing in some respects is for our largest customers oftentimes your project team is very small compared to the actual totally. number of people that are going to be affected yeah and one of the questions and one of the things that we're working to answer is around what do what do job roles look like? Who do we need when? Because going to the cloud and going to Google Cloud Platform is a journey, right? Like For sure. It depends on where you need to be yeah. and what you're trying to achieve. And what, where you're starting. Absolutely. Yeah. So we started to develop this kind of three-phased approach in uh, maturity and looking at a maturity assessment of the organization as they're going along this journey and, and trying to understand what roles are needed in each level of maturity. So right. an example would be, I, I reference it as like core operations. So mm -hmm. just to maintain the infrastructure and run a data lake, mm -hmm. what roles are necessary to do that task? Mm -hmm. All right. That's like our maturity level. Number yeah. one, maturity level. Number two is we want to migrate things one for one no like no specialty anything we just mm. need to migrate data from here put it in the cloud right who do we need to do that right. and then third is more transformational in terms of okay here are the things that we couldn't just up you know migrate mm. here are the things we actually have to make changes to or we have we, to completely deprecate and re-architect yeah. you know, create new yeah. solutions that's where you know let's create an ml um formula that can actually look at <laughs> tumor photos things yeah. like that that's yeah. in that phase three right yeah. and who do we need for that and so from all of that kind of research and actively on a project, we're developing kind of a, a kit almost for our partners and for our customers to look through. I would and love say, to participate in the review of that. Yes. I think that's extremely valuable because the reality is completely different types of culture change that we're talking about when it's cloud, but it's culture change nonetheless. Right. And by the way, not necessarily the most receptive group, like you're talking about engineers learning to change 
how they do their jobs, but the upside being, wow, do they become way more valuable as they learn kind of the new paradigm of how to run operations or make changes or commit code or make releases in a completely different architecture than they were used to before. Like, you know, no ops, low ops, CICD, like all of these things that are going to impact an engineering organization within an enterprise. So valuable. And it's not a tough sell that this is good for them to, to learn, but the tough sell often is, Hey, I just learned this other stuff. I feel pretty good about where we are. Um, but if we can deliver the same sort of excitement that we've learned over the last decade plus on the G Suite side to the engineering organization and infrastructure teams and app dev teams, wow, that's super powerful. Yeah, it'll it'll really be, I, I feel like it'll be very transformational for our Game customers. Changing. Game changing. Um, it will really take their experience to another level. And what I really love about um, kind of where we're going with it is we're finding that our customers don't necessarily know what their organization is going to look like. True. And so that's a piece that we're still trying to iron out because let's be real, we're, we're a small team <laughs> and, you know, we're not, we're not a big, you know, GSI where we have a, a dedicated practice mm. to, you know, org change and <laughs> um, all of that. So we're, we're kind of learning through our partners as well as learning ourselves on in the work that we're doing. Um, and trying to figure out what is the best cloud structure That's right. and who do you need? Because you have companies who are really wanting to harness SRE. Yep. Um, yep. That requires a different way of working. It requires yeah. different roles and different people. Yeah. Um, also within each role. So developers, for instance, there might be senior developers. There might be developer leads. There might be just regular mm -hmm. in, you know, fresh out of the out of school developers. Mm -hmm. And so there's a whole range of totally. role, right? Yeah. And Product what, managers, all, yes. these, all these roles. And yes. what does it require for each of them and, and where do they need to be to do their role? Because not everyone needs to take the you know cloud architect certification, yeah, right? Correct. But what are the roles that need to have it to be able to perform their job? There's functions? definitely a subset that do. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah, and and that's I think it's a great point that you made. Like the certification journey is part of that. And again, if you talk about like incentives for people to want to do it, I think that uh, that architect uh, certification is like the highest paying job. It is. You know. Yeah. In IT right now. And I think that's wonderful. I didn't actually know to the degree that you've been working on this, but I think in the spirit of everything we've been talking about with, you know, Jason Martin and, and, and John and everybody else, and like the new alignment with Google PSO and partners, and how we're going to be doing a lot more work together, which we're starting to feel like the last few months especially. I'd love to partner with you on this specifically and uh, get better at it uh, kind of early in the, in the evolution of... Um, uh, this practice area for Google because I think it can be a key differentiator, especially for the enterprise. And I mean, I think obviously who better to deploy this than our, our own partners yeah. because you guys have the experience. And so, yeah, it, it's a work in progress. Mm -hmm. We are, we're trying to iron out and trying to get some more, you know, some more use cases to say like, okay, we've done it a few times and this has worked, this hasn't worked. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of where we're at. We're in that like I wouldn't even, I'd say maybe pre-beta phase yeah, yeah. Um, where we're, we're like, okay, let's pilot some of these ideas. Yeah. Um, and, and we're looking forward to a couple of customers that we have where we're actually going to pilot what we think is the right yeah. way forward for an infrastructure project. Yeah. Um, and the big thing around this is actually around training and certification sure. because what's the timeline? 
Like, mm. when do they need to have this training? Because right. the training that you look at, like on Coursera or Quick Labs, it, it kind of shows you here are all the things that a developer should yeah. have. Or we're trying to break that into chunks and I mean, say you can do that in twelve months, or you can do that in twelve weeks. Like, there's no set timeline. And give different options, yeah. right? So our our big push right now for me and what I've been working on for the last couple of months is around what does that time frame look like? And to the maturity assessment that we were talking about, who needs to know what when? Mm -hmm. And do we need do we need our developers to take 12 weeks of training before we ever even really go live? Probably not, yeah. right? We probably need them to take five weeks of training. That's right, especially because some of the skills they have are, are simply transferable with exactly. a little bit of coaching. They're just, they're just learning more hands-on stuff, which yeah. is like the great quick lab stuff that you can actually go through and do yeah. what you need to do. So. Um, it, it'll be definitely different, but I'm excited to see where it goes. That's a super exciting note to, to end our podcast on because it's so transformational. Again, I think if Google Cloud and its partners do that decidedly better um, than the alternatives, I think it's just a comprehensive part of the win strategy. Because the enterprise wants to feel more than anything that it's supported. Travis, thanks for coming thanks on Thanks for show. having me, Tony. This is great. Great to have you in the office. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.